Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process. I, of course, am your host, Greg Wareham. I'm really excited about our guest today, uh, Mr. Yitzi Nussbaum. Yitzi, how are you today? I am doing awesome. Thanks for asking. It's fantastic. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to come in today. You know, I, I'm just going to preface everything with, you know, I lot of, know a lot of $100 million a year producers in the real estate industry. I haven't met any that have accomplished that feat so quickly in your career. So, Yitzi, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, then we're going to get into, you know, how you've established such a, such a successful career. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, thanks so, for coming. You got great hair, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, a little quick uh, background about me. Um, I'm 26, uh, and born and raised in Israel uh, until I was 16. Uh, so, Hebrew was my initial language. Um, mom's an English teacher, so we always spoke English at home, uh, but okay. moved here when I was 16. Um, reading or writing English was, uh, definitely a challenge. Um, and, uh, did some school over here for two, three years. And then at age 19, I decided let's do real estate. So, so your mom was an English teacher in Israel? Correct. Okay. So you spoke at a little bit of the home in the home, but then mm -hmm. you come here, you don't really speak English. You don't really... Right. I, I, well, I, I knew how to speak. Okay. But, but reading or writing was a challenge. Got it. Yep. Because you don't even have an accent. No. You know you don't, too. I no, love it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, was it a conscious effort to eliminate any type of accent, or did you not really well, have Well, we one? never... So, growing up, I never spoke Hebrew at home. Okay. It was only English, because my dad's from the city, my mom's from Chicago, so we just never spoke Hebrew at home. So, it was mostly like a, a school thing. How'd the family end up moving to New Jersey? So my parents still live there. Okay. So uh, I'm one of eight. Okay. And what order? What birth order? I'm actually one of the youngest. I'm okay. Third to youngest. Got it. Um, and um, I uh, moved here uh, myself. Um, parents still there. I've got a few siblings still here in Jersey, New York, uh, and then I've got two in Israel, one in Australia. We're kind of spread all over. Okay. And how do you like it so far? I love it. I mean, I'm here. I'm here ten years. So yeah. that's that's amazing. And, and you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about how you got into real estate in a minute. But you know, I just want to explain to everyone some of the accomplishments that you've had. So you had 100 million plus dollars, you and your team, in 2022. You've done over 300 million dollars on the Jersey Shore alone, and you've been a platinum. Obviously, you've been a platinum level, platinum level producer since 2017. Yep. So how do you get there? Hmm. That's a million dollar question with uh, kind of like a bullet answer that everyone right. wants. Right. Um, I think it's a combination of a many things. Uh, most importantly, it's I, I, I have a lot of young agents that reach out to me all the time mm -hmm. and they're like, how do I do it? So the straight answer is really starting with who are you? Right. Like, what are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the marketplace? Mm -hmm. Right. A lot of people jump into real estate thinking they're going to make a lot of money. And right. yes, that is true. You could make a lot of money in real estate. But the end result happens when the beginning and the middle process of helping people mm -hmm. and bringing value to people, the end result's the money. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of people focus on the money versus really bringing value to the table. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're looking at kind of the the tunnel vision. Sure. Um, 
So really figuring out what you bring to the table um, as a value, as an expert in the market, an expert in a certain area, certain mm-hmm. type. It could be commercial, residential, new construction. It could be flips. It could be investors. It could be so many different things. Sure. But I find that there's there's a, one of my favorite cr- quotes is you're either all to no one or, or you're no basically one. no one to everyone. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I could say it's kind of that. You know, what's the other expression with it? You know, you, it's you're a jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. Yeah, you're jack of all trades. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's great. Now, when you look at value, Yitzi, like what is value to you that you're bringing to the consumer? Yeah, so that that changed over time. Okay. Um, at the beginning, my focus was to really master a market, mm-hmm. right? So some agents I find they say, "All right, you know, I cover all of Ocean, Monmouth, or whatever county it is, um, or state." I mean, some agents cover an entire state. Like, okay. Be real. I right. don't know many towns in this state. Um, I find that people need to find their specialty uh, within their neighborhood. Um, so I mastered certain towns where it's like I wanted to know every street in that town, what's been the turnover, who's been living where, to a point where I was able to drive through certain, like many streets and be able to tell you like six years, two years ago, one year ago, five years ago, literally every single home I was able to tell you how long these people have been living there. Now, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. Did it start with going to broker opens and understanding the inventory? Like, what was your process associated with that? Yeah, so at the beginning, um, I was on the phone a lot. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of phone calls, a lot of, a lot of cold calls. Um, you know, uh, train. I did a lot of training, you know, and, and mastering kind of the script of conversation. Sure. Um, so I did a lot of that, but most importantly was going around and connecting with people. Mm-hmm. So there's a funny story. I uh, I got my first two listings within the first week okay. of getting licensed. Were they cold calls? No. Okay. So the funny story is, um, <laughs> actually, I wasn't even instated in the state. I passed my test, mm-hmm. but I was driving around, just starting to learn at different streets. And I'm driving around and I see this old Greek guy outside planting flowers. And I go over to him and I start talking to him about flowers. We ended up having a 45-minute conversation about flowers. Um, I have no interest in flowers. (laughs) Um, And long story short, uh, I had his home on the market a week later. Hmm. And an investment property him and his brother owned two blocks away. Okay. I mean, wow. That just came from a conversation about his flowers. People don't want to be sold. Right. Right. So people want to connect with people and feel good. Mm -hmm. And then through that process, many times you could lead them to your industry, whatever it is. Sure. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. So now when you go over to talk to them, you're brand new into the industry. You're 19 years old. Like, did you have a, do you prepare yourself to go have that conversation or does it just come naturally to you? I'm going to get out and start talking to this guy. I I don't remember what went through my head. Okay. Um, I was probably a little nervous, but um, I just was like, yo, nice flowers. Like, love it. (laughs) I mean, you could start a conversation like that, or you can even start a conversation with someone that has a a dog or a puppy. Sure. Be like, love the dog. What's his name? And then like starting to whole conversation. Oh, cool. Like, where do you live? And be curious about them right? Uh, because when people like 
when people are curious about them. Sure. You know what? And that's, you bring up such a great point with that. You know, people, it's just people talking to people, right? I mean, that's the, the process of sales and to your point, never really trying to sell anyone anything, but you also have to enjoy that process, right? So you're going to go over and talk about flowers, talk about a dog, talk about kids, talk about whatever you really have to enjoy and be interested in what that person has to say to have the dialogue. Yeah. Like you can't be in that conversation thinking, I can't wait to throw real estate out there. That's my agenda. I'm going to throw real estate out there. It's got to happen organically is my yeah. point. And That's, people sense that. They do. They do. And, and I could see how you'd be very good at that. You have very relaxed, calm. Uh, you have a very kind way about you as well. I would see how people would immediately uh, start talking to you and open it up a little bit. Um, I've got some rough sides of me. But. Right, right. Well, we're early in this conversation. So. <laughs> so, all right. So what other type of value do you feel as though you bring to the table for people? So just to kind of reiterate what we already talked about is, you know, identify your target market, right? And you got to know what town you're going to go after, right? You don't want to master a particular area and not spread yourself Or it thin. could be a different specialty. I mean, yeah. uh, I have, so at this point I've grown a team and- I mean, I tell agents starting out, like, you can be just a development developer broker. Like, right. all you do across the state is connect developers with landowners. Right. That's a specialty. Literally, that's all your focus. Mm. Can you do other stuff on the side? Yes. But figure out a specialty that you do. You could do flips. You could do retail or whatever it is. But just focus on that. Don't try to like be jack of all trades. Right. It doesn't work. Hmm. How did you decide that you wanted to be in residential real estate? It just happened. Okay. Um, funny story. My sister was looking for a property. Okay. And I was like, you know, let me hop along and I'm going to help you look for a home. And uh, long story short, I ended up speaking with a lot of these agents and I'm like, I can do this better. And uh, just ended up getting my license. It, it happened by mistake. It wasn't even planned. <laughs> now, do you have family that's in the industry? So my both my parents are in education. Um, I do have uncles, siblings, uh, grandparents uh, that own real estate. Okay. Um, but that's the extent of it. Okay. So it's really just kind of you're the first person to really go deep into as residential on, real on estate. On the retail side? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. So how important, so at, at your age, as a millennial, how important or let me, let me rephrase that question. So as a millennial, how has that helped you? How have you used that to your advantage to try and build and grow your business? Yeah, so I, I think that real estate has been, uh, for the last, I mean, many decades, has been pretty boring. There's a lot of boring real estate agents. Right. Um, and I'm not saying I'm the most exciting real estate agent yet, uh, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot in the works. Right. And um, I, I think that, being always on the cutting edge of things, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's the marketing, making it exciting, um, building out teams of, you know, media, um, you know, doing big parties and different things that are are more on the cutting edge of, you know, millennial lifestyle. Sure. Uh, I think has really put us, you know, to an advantage. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that answers your question. It, it, it does a, a little bit. And just to kind of go deeper on that, it's one thing to have a vision as to what you want to do. It's another thing. And the hard part of it, how do you implement it? Right? So how do you take these ideas, the events that you want to have, you know, how you're going to market yourself and social media and all of that? How do you implement a strategy that you can manage and you can measure? 
things vary. Um, and, and this is, this is a conversation that can vary based on it. If, if it's a new agent or someone building a team, sure. um, if they're a year in five years and it really, really varies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, um, it's really like the focus, you know, um, I'm a big believer in, uh, perceptions reality. Sure. So how people perceive you is, is the reality of it. Mm-hmm. If you put yourself out there posing with a bunch of knockdown homes, people are going to assume you are the broker that deals with all the knockdown homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you put yourself out there with all the $5 million homes or $10 million homes, that's how people are going to perceive you. Um, so that's, that's been a really big factor. And I tell this all the time to people like perceptions, reality, mm-hmm. fact, like, a hundred percent all the time, how people look at you and how they perceive you is how they're going to think you, you are. Um, that's a great point. So you're very strategic about your brand awareness for you personally. Every move, every story, every post, every, every piece of marketing. I mean, I, I send out a lot of still print advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm probably one of the only ones still doing it on a mass scale. Um, I probably send out about a half a million pieces a year. Mm. Uh, and, do you do that in the form of postcards? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I still believe in postcards sure. because think about this, a lot of people that still own homes and random statistic, but more than 40% of homes in the United States do not have a mortgage, mm-hmm. which is something that most people are shocked by. Right. Um, and the fact is a lot of the people that own these homes are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and they're not on Instagram or right. TikTok. So- to get to those people, we need to give them, you know, stock card, you know, beautiful presentation. So now for for you, when you're putting the print ad out there, you say you do half a million of them a year. How important is repetition to the same households versus just randomly oh, sending them? Yeah, I mean, that that's the key of it. I mean, right. sending out one postcard straight up, that's not going to do anything. Um even doing four of them is not going to do anything. Right. It's the repetition of just them seeing it over and over and over. Yes, they might get annoyed, yeah. but at some point they're going to realize like, wait a minute, this guy's actually updating me about what's going on in the neighborhood. Mm. So they're going to look at it differently. Um, it's mostly brand recognition. You know, it's funny. I, I never understood. You know, I live locally here and I and I get postcards all the time. We all do from real estate agents. Never made any sense to me how I get a one-off. And that's most agents, when they market to me via postcard, none of them do it with consistency. It's not like I get a piece, Yitzi, once a month for 12 months. It's always a, a one-off postcard if someone's now going to attack the area, right? And they send me maybe one postcard that's about them and not necessarily about the area, right? So it's kind of, it doesn't have a lot of value. So for your model, it's more, hey, we're going to be repetition and repetitious in the audience that we're going after. And in addition to that, you're going to provide value about that particular area. Yeah. I mean, so there's there's multiple different pieces. I mean, we have value pieces, we have sales pieces, we have call to action, different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's where the intent of the of the marketing, whether it's on social, on postcard, whatever it is, I mean, we put attention to every single piece that goes out there. Now, do you put them together yourself or do you hire a third party company to do the creatives? So at the beginning, I did. Okay. Uh, I did hire a 
outside graphics person, print shop, all that. Um, I'm grateful that I can now have my own crew in-house. Uh, so I have my own graphic designers, video editors, everything in-house at this point. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that really gives you, now you can get exactly what you want yep. out to the consumer. Yeah, the I mean, we're pushing want. out triple the amount of things that we were able to do without that. What kind of market share do you have in the Tom's River area? It's kind of your biggest focus, right, Tom's River? Yeah, so Tom's River is where we started. Um, right now, I actually just read a report yesterday um, as a as a agent and team, uh, we're actually the number one broker in Ocean County. <laughs> so congratulations, my friend. Uh, not to toot my horn, but you know, that was that was an interesting Good for you. fact. Congratulations. We, I, just, I just read about that yesterday. Yeah. Um so in Tom's River on the luxury side of things, sure. Um, I would say we're, we're probably around that 75%. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, so, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's amazing. And I, I think, you know, again, to kind of re reiterate a couple of things, you knew the market that you were going after. You knew exactly how you wanted to be identified. You wanted to be in that that luxury market. And you just understood everything about that area as you kind of built and, and grew into it. Yeah. How do you have so much discipline? Aren't you supposed to be out partying every night? I that's mean, a good, that's a good question. So as a child, yeah. uh, growing up, I, I do believe that everything comes back to childhood okay. um, and how people were raised. Um, I, uh, I didn't do well in school. Okay. Uh, never. Uh, I was always the kid that, uh, they had to send out to do an errand. So I don't bother the class. Uh, so, um, were you yeah. the class clown? No, uh, but I was I was the the dumb kid okay. in school, yeah. um, and and I laugh. About I resemble that, that remark. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, growing up that way, and kind of in my mind saying, you know, hey, I'm not good enough. I think that kind of put a lot of uh, a lot of thoughts in my head. Um, mm -hmm. And there's no question that a part of it is to kind of prove the world. You know what, though? A lot of successful people are like that. I was in this class with that I'm doing with Richard Branson, the owner of uh, Virgin. And he was, at, at 15 years old, he was away at school. And his parents didn't come from, from any real money. And he was horrible. And it come to find out he was dyslexic. He still is today. And he couldn't achieve in school, so he started a, a local paper, like a magazine. He's on the phone trying to get people to subscribe to it. And he starts to build a little bit of a following and the headmaster comes over to him and he's like, listen, you can do one of two things. You can either stay in school or you can work on the magazine. 16 year old kid. He's like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> and I'm going to, and they start a record label two years later. And, and I tell that story because it really speaks to uh, people like him and what you're doing yet. See, it just have, if you have the vision, you have what you're going after a, don't be afraid to be who you are. And, you know, have a strategic plan and make it all happen, right? Yeah. And school's not for everyone. It's not. I mean, school is, uh, school and college is set up in a way to put through people through a system uh, and get jobs and just go through the process of life. Right. People that get out of school, that fail school, like, I have more respect for them than people that go through school yeah. because they, they're creating their own path. It's, it's just my own view of things. Yeah, I love it. I love it, Yitzi. Yitzi, we're going to take a quick break. Everyone, Greg Wareham, Yitzi Nussbaum, we'll be back at you in two minutes. Thank you. Hello, everybody. I just wanted to thank today's sponsor, Myome Equities. And here's Rob's going to tell us a little bit about the company. 
My own equities. What we are is a distressed asset private equity firm. Basically, what we do is we focus on single family residential and we offer investors a way to earn 17.5% return annualized. Basically, it's a fix it. We are a fix and flip firm. We'll go out there and we'll give access to investors to purchase real estate without any of the headache. We have proprietary technology that uncovers properties that come to a marketplace at a 60% discount. We go in there, we clean up the property, we, we look to sell the property. And one of the good things about Myome is we look to sell the property to a first-time homebuyer through an FHA loan, get a first-time homebuyer who didn't think they were going to be able to buy a property into a home, give them the home buying experience, give them the home that they're looking for. And then we do this all while offering investors uh, within 12 months a 17.5% return. So our website is uh, Myome. Com. It's M is in Mary, I is in India, O is in Oscar, Y is in Yankee, M is in Mary. I probably should say mirror image of your mind, and that would be a lot easier to say. But uh, <laughs> M-I-O-Y-M.com is one of the best ways. Okay. Uh, or you could simply call me, which I know a lot of people don't. But What's your cell number? Uh, 914-400-7980. Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm, of course, Greg Wareham, the host of Your Mortgage Process. We have a great guest today, Yitzi Nussbaum. Yitzi, welcome back. Thank you. So I, I, one of the things I really noticed right away when I was doing a little bit of reading about uh, who you are and what you've accomplished, I looked at your Zillow profile, and it's spectacular. Like your attention to detail in there as to who you are, what your vision is. There's a click where you can set appointments. I mean, it's extremely well put together. Uh, is that indicative of everything that you're doing? Yeah, so I laugh about this all the time. Like no one is going to do what you want to do as good as you. Right. I'll say that again. No one is going to do what you want to do as good as you. It's true. So you can hire the best people in the world and through the process, yes, they may get it done, right? But in the meantime, it's go time. You got to go, 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 yeah. right? So if, if we take the time and try to get it perfect versus done, mm-hmm a lot of times we don't get anything done, right. right? So done is better than perfect. I tell that all the time. At the beginning when I started, I had paralysis analysis where I was like, I'll work on a postcard for four and a half weeks. By the time it's done, I already sold 15 homes. Like what the heck, right? Right. Done is better than perfect, but at the same time, I do like a perfect. So I want both of them, <laughs> right? So I want you to, I'm going to chime in real quick because okay. Greg looks over at me. And I'm so happy you finished with that line because him and I talk about this all the time. And we were just talking about it before you got here yeah. today. And and because um, I'm a, I'm a done is better than perfect type right. of guy. I'm get both. it out. I want I'm get both. it done. I'm both right. So <laughs> I'll trash the done, but I need them both. Right. Because in the, at the end of the day, your brand will live on past that postcard, but you don't want that to be a blemish in your timeline. That's yeah. true. Love yeah. it. Couldn't agree with you more. Love it. And and, and that goes into another thing, which is quality over quantity yeah i don't believe in that i don't believe in quantity over quality either mm-hmm. i want both yep i want both all right so let's kind of go deeper on let's that go back because... to the zillow thing yeah for a second let me just finish on Shoot. that i update all my stuff at all times mm-hmm. period the end you personally do it personally okay can i have someone do it in my team yes but are they going to do what i want mm-hmm. so here's the thing a brand is a vision Right. So people want to build a brand. No one is going to build a brand for you that right. doesn't exist. So 
in order to build that brand, yes, over time you can hire more and more people and build your group of people around you that are that are building. Um, but at the same time, you still need to maintain what you have. I personally go in and I edit things as it goes. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect. Like I make sure my email signature is like a piece of art. Right. Like I want everything to look good. Mm. So as you build and grow, we were talking a little bit about this uh, off air at the break. So now you've become more of the CEO of the company that you're running as compared to just a salesperson. So when you start to elevate to that position and you have a team under you, how do you ensure that they're doing things in the fashion that you want them done? What's your process? That's that's a challenge. Um, but I tell every single agent that I have and agents that are coming on, I can control your income. I can't control your brand. I can control my brand. Mm. I can help you. I can navigate. I can give you ideas and suggestions. But ultimately, it's up to you. Like, I'm not going to be managing your Instagram, and I'm not going to be managing your Zillow profile or whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. right? But I could show you what I do, and you can be an extension of what we do. And that's, that's up to them. Now, do you have someone at this stage, Yitzi, that kind of manages that for you with Instagram and yes, and, okay, yeah. So we did build out a, a you know a team of people in our media side, but at the end of the day, I'm the one that's driving the ship. Sure, like I'm telling them, you know, everything well, gets your approval. Yeah, okay. And now, do you find yourself? Does every success get immortalized in social media? So you post every success out yeah. there. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in shouting it from the mountains. Okay. Um, some people might look at it as egotistic uh, and look at that guy. Arrogant. Arrogant, yeah. yeah. I'm, the thing I do all the time when I get an interview, for, I interview agents all the time. Sure. I interview probably about 100 agents a year okay. that want to come work for me. Do you find that said, takes most of your time now is just interviewing new people? No, because I'm pretty good at it at this point. Okay. Um, I, I disc profile them. Do you know what that is? Of course I okay. do. Yeah. I'm a high D, then a C. Okay. Um, so I'm a high D, but I'm adaptable high C. Interesting. Because well, I very expect similar. it okay. perfect, yeah. but I'm not like that on a day-to-day, but at night I'm not going to sleep because it wasn't perfect. Right. So it's the adaptable side. But anyways, um, so I disc profile them, interviews, and- Just the new people and spending the time with interviewing 100 people a year. Um, so on the interviews, when I'm looking for new agents, is I'm really trying to figure out like what you're bringing to the table. Sure. Personality. Um, skill set and attention to detail. Attention to detail is a factor in every single industry, mm-hmm. right? If you fail to have attention to detail, you could screw up on a client's contract. You could screw up on a deal. Like, I'm not saying mistakes are not going to be made, but, you know. Mm. Now, I have a question for you with that. You bring up the disc profile. Or there's different Gallup profiles. They're all kind of accomplished the same thing. Do you look to hire people that are similar to you or that fill in the gaps yeah. Of what you're not compliments. Okay, I want people that are complimenting it. I just remembered what I was what I was trying to talk about before is about you know shouting from the mountains and then you know people thinking you know someone's egotistic or uh, arrogant and all that. And I tell those people like at at interviews is like you can be a secret agent. There's a lot of secret agents out there. Most most are yeah. right. And I pull up their profile and I'm like, who are you? Like, I don't even see your face here. Right. Right? They haven't updated their sales. No one knows what they do. 
I want people to be able to pull me up and be like, right. this guy's on fire, right? Right. I want to hire the guy that's obsessed. Right. Like, I'm not interested in the guy that's, like, interested in the industry or he's good at it. I want someone that's obsessed with delivering the results that I want for my home or, mm -hmm. you know, for, for the client or whatever it is. You bring up a great point with that because if you have that obsession or that focus of what you're trying to accomplish, you can backfill a lot of the education into that. You know, how to manage social media, how do you do the, the processes that you do, but you can't get someone motivated to do it. I say all the time, you think Kobe Bryant was interested in uh, basketball? <laughs> a little bit right right and obsession brought him to yeah. success obsession right. is very important in in any industry if you want to be successful yeah no that's a great point so how do you identify new business opportunities yeah so here's the thing a team is not for everyone right being part of a team is not for everyone but most agents are trying to reinvent the wheel when in reality Someone's probably have done that before, and you could learn from their mistakes. Right. Uh, so identifying that is I'm looking for people that are hungry, mm -hmm. interested, committed, that are willing to put in more than what it takes. If mm -hmm. you're just willing to put in what it takes, you're not for me. How do you get them in front of you? So how do you advertise? Like, how do you get, how do you interview 100 people a year? That's a lot. Yeah. So at this point, it comes a lot from social. Okay. Um, um, Thankful I have at this point, I lost count, but somewhere around like the 25,000 yeah. followers on follower. Instagram. Yeah. And at this point, I mean, I get, I'll get anywhere from 2,000 to 7,000 views on a story. Right. So at this point, you know, if let's say 200 of them are people that are interested in getting into real estate, I get people messaging all the time. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so priority number one is I'll always get them to, you know, disc profile them before, you know, so I don't waste any time. Sure. Um, but it, it's got to make sense to, I want to build out a team where there's a lot of different personalities on the team, right? Because right? not every client is going to click with, like some clients won't click with me. Right. I have clients that won't like, that they don't like my personality right. and that's okay. You're just too nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that happens and, you know, there's some clients that need, you know, more of something. I, I just want to speak to that for one second because that is very important and it's a very mature outlook on things. Like the reality is that not everybody's going to like you. They're not going to like me. You know, most people don't like Nick. I'm only kidding, Nick. Most people like Nick. But it, it's, it's important for you to be objective about yourself, what your skill set is, what you bring to the table, and identify that quickly, Absolutely. right? And you don't try to fit the round peg into a square hole. And not every client is for you. Right. I mean, I had a call um, three days ago at a client calling. He was looking for, I don't know, like $2 million shore house. And I started asking him questions, like, because it sounded like he was shopping around for a while. Right. And I started asking him questions because I'm a big question guy. Like, when I talk to a client for the first time, I'll probably throw 10 questions at them for the first five minutes. Like, that's a lot. That's a little yeah. intense. Um, and I, I do that because I want to learn more. Right. I want to know more so I can help them quicker. Mm -hmm. And this guy took offense to it. Hmm. Like he was like, why are you asking me so many questions? I'm like, look, this is my process and this is how I'm able to help you. And it wasn't a good click. And I'm okay with that. Right. And do you find that when you look at the questions that you ask people, usually the same similar questions, right? 
Similar questions going through that process, or you're building off of each answer, probably. Building off of yeah. each answer. So I, have you heard of Phil Jones? I have, yeah. Okay, so I'm I, obsessed. I love his his <laughs> uh, his his speeches and the book, um, you know, What to Say. And um, I, I've watched Phil Jones for many, many, many hours. Uh, right. And it's about conversation, like feeding off what, someone's saying sure. versus just like shooting at them a bunch of stuff. Well, if you start rapid firing questions, it just shows you're not listening. Yeah. Right. Oh, I got my list. I got my questions. Now, a lot of times the questions are similar because people only have so much to talk about, right? It's usually kind of the same thing. You're in real estate. I'm in the mortgage industry. It kind of goes down the same path in a lot of ways, but it's crazy. You got to listen to people. That's and they actually, vary based yeah. on their, their situation. Sure. Well, you figure the $2 million home that you're selling might be different than the, the $500,000 home. One's not better or worse, but it's a different process. To me, I'm focused more, more importantly to me, over price point yeah. is personality. Like, I want to know that I'm your guy. Like, I'm not looking to just sell you a home. Right. Like, I want to know that, like, there's trust here and, like, you appreciate what we, there's in place because I want to be an agent for life. For these clients sure right i'm not interested in just making one sale i'd rather pass on a sale and move on to a client that i can actually assist long term sure you know it really speaks to building up your brand and your uh your overall reputation right you can get that one client if it's not a good fit well that whole thing can be a disaster yeah reputationally experience wise and again not qualifying it but you don't really it's not the right fit all the time yeah. and being able, like we talked about before, be able to kind of cut bait on that early. Yeah. So what are you trying to accomplish going into this year? So 2023 uh, is going to be uh, maintenance and growth. That's, okay. that's kind of my vision. Um, maintaining what we have in place. Uh, so uh, the, team that's in place I want to make sure everyone's happy and they're growing mm -hmm. um but there's two areas of growth that we're going to be expanding in uh we're looking we have an we have eyes on another market that we're looking to expand into sure uh and uh secondly we are in the works of uh a startup of a media company so stay tuned for that uh that's great well give us a call when you start that media company up. yes <laughs> yeah so that's that's in the works so I, I want to come back to uh, your roots. So you grew up in Israel. You come here when you're 16 years old. You're learning how to, to write in the language. So how do you feel as though being part of the, the Jewish community, has that had impact or influence in your real estate career? Yeah, so I, I do believe in being in the right place at the right time. That's definitely a factor. Mm -hmm. Um Ironically, at the time when I started, there was a big influx of people from the community moving into the sure. area that I was working in. And it, it definitely was a, a really cool advantage um, of being able to bridge the gap of cultural difference. Sure. Um, as representing a lot of the, you know, general society um, mm -hmm. and then, you know, a, a specific culture coming in. Yep. Uh, there's always a lot of misunderstanding, mis, you know, misconceptions and mm -hmm. um, things that are not necessarily true. Right. I mean, uh, things that are sometimes even laughable. Yeah. Uh, and like what? Like what? Do I speak to that at all? 
one of the one of the most common things that I laugh about all the time is, oh, you know, you don't want to wait till you to be the last person to move out because you know you're going to get the least amount of money for your home, or like you want to be the first people to move out. And I'm and I just take a step back for that, and I'm thinking to myself like, think about that. You want to tell me that if you are one of the last people, let's let's just let's just uh, make a general uh, uh, story here. Okay, imagine a military, uh, an area that a bunch of military family moves in. Right. Right. So let's say there's a hundred homes, and ninety nine military family move, families move in. Right. Most of those families are not moving anytime soon if they're this is their new base. Right. Sure. There's one home that's going to be turning over soon. Right. That home's going to be selling for a record sale. Right. Right. And I don't know where that perception came out. It doesn't right. even make sense, uh, but but that's that's one of those ideas. Like, sure, moving like the more turnover there is in a specific neighborhood. Like, I mean, I'm very familiar with a lot of different markets. I mean, in Queens, sure. there's uh, in Queens, New York, there's like a certain Muslim community that lives in a certain area, and in in Brooklyn, there's a Russian community. Like, there's so many variables in so sure. many communities. You know, and I think it's critical. You know, when people, when there's an influx of immigration into the country, you know, it's Italian, it's Irish, it's, it's Jewish, it's Muslim, it doesn't matter. But it is having the right person who can kind of bridge that because there are cultural there's differences. Always gonna, you're always going to need someone to bridge the culture. If people need to be comfortable, you know, you're buying a house, you know, that is a huge investment. And there's a lot of money involved in that transaction. And you don't want anything to be misunderstood. You and, want everyone to feel good about what's going on. And it's not just that. Yeah. It's also most of those, these deals will never happen if there was no one to be the translator. <laughs> right. I, I'm, right, I'm right. saying that, you know, yeah. perceptionally of translator, even though, I mean, it's all English, but right. translator as in the culture. Right. These, most of these deals will not happen yeah, unless that's, someone that really understands the both sides of it. That's a great point. You look at the, I think it's absolutely critical to be able to understand and respect the culture, no matter what community that you're going yeah, into, and, in a community you're dealing with. And I, and I speak to agents from the city all the time right. uh, that are selling um, mega, you know, million dollar condos in the city to Chinese investors. Sure. And I mean, I love Chinese, but like they're very different. They right. negotiate very differently too. And you could be the best negotiator, American negotiator, unless you understand the Chinese culture, you're not going to make that deal happen. Right. It's going to be pretty damn difficult. That's, that's a great point. And I couldn't agree with you more. You know, you have to be able to understand the nuances of different people and, you know, how to work through that process with people yep. and how to bridge the gap to your point earlier. Yep. That's great. All right. So again, 2023, I know we got, we got some big obnoxious goals for 2023. We got media companies. You're also working on a project to go direct to the community, right? Interview some different uh, restaurants and businesses in the community. Could you talk a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah. So to us, um, it's very important to, it, it's kind of our way to re-engage with the community and be part of it versus just trying to be a, you know, uh, a real estate sales company. Um, so we are in the works as part of our media company that we're starting uh, is a a process of bringing back the businesses into the spotlight. Right. So going over to local businesses, we're actually doing one this Friday uh, where I'm going over to a local jump zone 
Um, mm-hmm. Nothing to do with the community, actually. I mean, it's just a local business. Right. And we're going to complimentary. We're going to feature the owners, get a little quick interview. Um, and our goal is to do many of these around you know, the area. And the cool thing about it is it's, it's all marketing and it's all PR Sure, where, you know, for say, for example, this, this company we're doing on Friday, they, they might have like 9,000 followers on Instagram. We're going to do a collaboration together. It's going to feed on both their pages. We'll probably hit 30, 40,000 views on that video. Sure. Right. So it kind of cross cross references the engagement of the, you know, uh, audience that could be a big factor for, uh, marketing and, mm-hmm. and it's across the board, whether it's food companies, truck companies or anything. Now, are you the person that's reaching out to these companies to set something up or people so on your team? I, do, I, I'm doing it to businesses. I'm, I know. Okay. At the moment. Yeah. Um, at the moment it's mostly clients that own local businesses okay. uh, that we're doing it with. And I want to know the brand. So wh- you know what? And that kind of comes back to quality. Yes. I'm huge on time management. Okay. So like, I mean, I could talk about this for like two hours, but I like that um, leverage of your time. Mm -hmm. We have a joke in our office of like, how much is your time worth and leveraging what you're good at? Like you should not be going to put up a lockbox. That is a waste of your time. You are a salesperson, negotiator. That's what an agent is supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I see agents that are literally putting together stuff that they can have a secretary put together or a marketing company do together. Right. Like I'm very big on leveraging time. So, and I couldn't agree with you more. How regimented are you in your daily life flow? Like what's a day in the life look like for you? So (laughs) there is a routine, um, of, of, uh, actions, uh, more than process. Um, but a lot of it is free rolled. Um, and that's, because of the position that I'm in right now, okay. uh, which is being a CEO, there is regimen, you know, meetings. So like I meet with my media, co- media crew on Tuesday at 1 PM. Mm-hmm. I meet with, you know, my business coach at, uh, what is it? 12 PM on Thursday. Like I do have routine schedules, uh, but generally I do free roll a lot of things. Okay. Do you find yourself just putting out fires and different things like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's the na- nature of the business. I look at it very differently yep. uh, at this point where it's, I'm not shutting fires, but I'm actually training people to handle those fires. That's, That's great my point. focus. That's a great point. Yeah. Very wise. Yeah. A very wise guy. Try. <laughs> we talk about routine. You know, Nick and I were actually talking about this this morning. Like I'm a huge structure guy. Like it's like, I get up at the same time. I have my coffee at the same time. I come into work at the same time. I eat the same thing. I'm actually kind of boring. So I eat the same thing every day, same time at the gym. Like everything's kind of, it's all routine and regimented. So for for me personally, that kind of helps me yeah. stay on point with everything. Yeah, growth could happen right? in, in many different ways. And that's, that's definitely one of them. So as you build your team out this year, what's the best way to reach out to you, Yetzi? The best way to reach out to us is to identify whoever you want to be in communication with on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, you can hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, um, or just give us a call. What's that, What's the handle? So how would someone, if someone listening to the show right now want to reach out to you because they have a real estate need, because they're interesting in, cre- in career opportunities? Yeah. 
You know, I'm a good guy to partner with. Best is probably to go on Instagram. Uh, my current handle is yitzysells.tomserver, which is going to be changed shortly, actually. Uh, we got to go right to yitzysells. Yes. So um, that's, uh, yeah, that's the best way to reach out to me uh, or just shoot me an email. Uh, it's yitzy at thenestboundteam.com. Yitzy, it was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much. You're Appreciate gonna, you having us. Uh, you're going to do really well and uh, really... I mean, how advanced you are at the at the stage of life that you're at is really commendable and it's impressive. And I hope it's inspirational to other people out there in the market trying to either build on their existing career or someone new coming into the industry. Yeah, age is just a number. Yeah, and you know what? You're, it's your focus. Your focus is so spot on with what you're trying to accomplish and it's probably your obsession. You use that word time and time again. Obsession, obsession to detail, obsession to what you're doing, and you you think about everything that you're doing and then implement it. It's it's fantastic. Thank you. So thanks so much again for taking the time today, Yipsy. And thanks thank for you. having me. Hey, uh, our pleasure. And thanks again for everyone listening out to out there today. Yipsy Nussbaum, Greg Wareham with your mortgage process. Look forward to catching up with you next week. Let's kill 2023. Woohoo! Let's go. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process, hosted by Greg Wareham, produced by Greg Wareham and Nick Pavise at The Social Rift, and executively produced by The Social Rift. Thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to catching up with you next week.